Hey everyone, and welcome to the New Visionary Podcast, a podcast for artists who are ready to reach greater heights in their art careers. I'm your host, Victoria J. Fry, founder of Visionary Art Collective and New Visionary Magazine. Join me for inspiring conversations with some of the most inspirational visionaries in today's art world. Let's jump in. Hey, gorgeous, and happy new year. It's 2024. How crazy is that? I think I'm still adjusting (laughs) and definitely needed some time to like recalibrate over the past few days. I always plan to like jump into the new year and hit the ground running. And then I always find that I need a few days. So if you're listening to this and you feel the same, know that you are not alone because I always feel like I just need a few days after the new year to like ease into the year and, you know, like reflect and just kind of, I think the way that we spend the first week of the new year is, I don't know, like it's important to be intentional and it's, I think, important to start to set those like habits and those, like start to build the foundation, I suppose, of how we want the year to go. So I actually am just coming off of a 36 hour social media detox, which I didn't plan, but intuitively felt like I needed it. I'm also coming off of a week of being so sick with COVID. It was my second time getting it, but it knocked me down. And then I also ended up moving like all within the same week. So yesterday I hit a wall and I was feeling super burnt out. And I just knew that I needed to like take time off of social. I needed to rest. I think I slept for like 10 hours last night. And today I woke up with a spring in my step. I felt really called to do a podcast recording. So, you know, for today's episode, I just wanted to share kind of what's been on my mind. And these are some things that are typically on my mind at the very start of the year. And so the topics, I swear, they're all connected. They might seem like they're not, but they're really all connected. And I just hope that what I share with you is inspiring and supportive and and motivating for you as we enter a brand new year. Um, I don't know about you all, but I'm I'm so happy that 2023 is over. It was such an amazing year. It was like for sure one of the biggest years I've had in terms of personal and professional growth. It was the year that I learned to trust myself on an even deeper level. I wrote a little bit about this on my Instagram recently, but it was a lot. Like it was an intense year. There was a real intensity to last year that I feel like I'm kind of ready to let go of. And I'm just, I always think like the things that we do each year kind of lay, it lay, like we were laying the groundwork for the next year, if that makes sense. So like, I think last year, the beauty of it, I mean, there were so many beautiful moments and so many really profound moments uh, and also just so much change and growth. But I think I planted a lot of seeds that are going to bloom this year. And I could also say that about 2022, like I definitely planted seeds as I'm sure you did as well you know, that blossomed last year. And so it's kind of cool to see like the fruits of our labor come to life later on down the line. But here are some things that I've been thinking about as we, you know, like enter this beautiful new year and just thinking about all of the things that we want to do, but just some reminders and things that have been on my mind. I think that anytime 
we intentionally like take a break from social media or from our computers. We just kind of like get grounded and really give ourselves time to just think, like to literally just (laughs) think about how we're feeling and just checking in with ourselves. We get this clarity. I always have these aha moments when I do this. So I want to share some of these aha moments with you today. Um, first I'll start by saying, I hope whoever is listening to this, I hope you are feeling good. I hope you're doing well. And I hope that you had some time over the holidays to just rest and rejuvenate. And you know what, if you didn't take the time now at the start of the year, um, because anytime you take space for yourself, it's an investment that will serve you later on. The first thing I want to talk about is this idea of establishing that your desires are possible for you. This is something I've talked about on the podcast before. So if you've already heard me talk about this, hopefully it's just like a helpful reminder for you. But this is something I think about a lot, especially before I take big what might seem like big risks in life or in business, or I do something that feels really new and scary. Um, I remind myself that whatever it is I'm dreaming, no matter how big or scary that dream might feel, it's possible, right? So whenever I work with artists, either in my group program or in my one-on-one program, I always have them jot down their BHAG, their big, hairy, audacious goal. And typically that is something that feels like it might not happen for you because it's so big and so crazy that you might have a moment as you're writing it down where you're like, how could this happen for me? I mean, this is crazy, right? It could be having a solo show at a museum. It could be, you know, making like six figures a year from selling your work. But your BHAG should be something that scares you. It should be something that when you write it down, you kind of feel like, oh my gosh, this is insane that I'm even writing this down because that's when you know that you're dreaming big and you're starting to push yourself out of your comfort zone. But what I always tell artists that I work with, and I practice this myself, is when you write down that big, hairy, audacious goal and it feels crazy and you have a moment where you think, this could never happen to me or for me. Like it's just not possible. Remind yourself that it is possible. This sounds really simple, but this is actually, I think the most important step to manifesting something is to declare that it is possible for you. And to just, I always say like, just entertain the the thought or like the idea that this is possible for you. Just like entertain it for a moment um, that perhaps this really could happen for you. I've done this in big ways and in small ways. So like even just, you know, I mentioned that I moved recently with my apartment um, that I definitely manifested for myself. I'm sitting in this beautiful new apartment right now. And I will tell you that when it first became available, I thought there's no way I can move right now. Like, absolutely not. It's the holidays. I, you know, I just, I don't think that it's the right time. I need at least three or four more months before I'm ready to move. I started coming up with all of these reasons about why it wasn't possible for me to move into this beautiful new space, even though it was right there waiting and available for me. And then I had, I remember the exact moment I was like sitting on my couch at my family's home. And I just thought to myself, well, what if I could make this work? Like, what if it was possible for me to move right now into this gorgeous new space? 
And as soon as I just entertained the idea that it might be possible for me, my whole mindset started to shift. And what I realized was that I had created my own barriers that weren't even real. (laughs) They were just like all in my own head. And then as soon as I declared that this this could be a feasible this could be feasible for me this could be an actual thing like getting this apartment and moving in before the year is over i just experienced this shift in the way that i was thinking i opened myself up to the possibility and that's what i want you all to practice just opening yourselves up to the possibility that whatever it is you're dreaming could actually happen for you and i've i've spoken about this before as well Like the people that you see, the artists that you see, the creative entrepreneurs that you see who are out there and they're achieving the things that you desire, they're showing you what's possible, right? And this is where this idea of community over competition comes into play because if someone else is succeeding, that means that you can succeed. They are showing you what is possible for you. And that's why we should always celebrate each other's wins. So number one, entertain or just (laughs) establish or declare uh, this idea that your desires, your BHAGs, your dreams are possible for you. Okay. That's number one. Uh, Number two, I want to talk with you about sustainable New Year's resolutions. I saw this post on Instagram recently that was like, you know, you don't have to completely change yourself in the new year. It's just like what small steps can you take to propel yourself forward in the direction that you are heading in? And I think that's a really good way of looking at it because so many of us, when the new year hits, we think like, okay, new year, new me, I'm going to crush it. And this is why so many people are burnt out by like June (laughs) because we hit the ground running in January. We go, go, go. And then we crash and burn like right before summer starts. I don't know about you, but I experience that almost every year where like late spring going into into summer, I feel, oh my gosh, okay, I need, I need a rest. And I think that's kind of normal in a way, like summer is the perfect time to just take some space and kind of rest a little bit as much as you can and rejuvenate and kind of replenish yourself for the fall. But also like we don't have to get to that point where we are crashing and burning six months after the new year if we can sort of set up our goals in a way that is manageable and in a way that is sustainable. So when you think about what your goals are for this year, really break them down into small, bite-sized, manageable steps. And like one thing I've started doing is I was doing a um, just reflecting the other day and uh, doing a little bit of yeah self reflection, thinking about what I wanted to what I wanted to happen this year in terms of VAC, in terms of my own art practice, and just kind of getting that clarity. And as soon as I noticed myself writing a really big goal, like okay, I'm going to apply to this many shows per month, I'm going to do this, this, this. I decided to actually cut those numbers in half because by cutting those numbers in half, I will feel like I'm succeeding rather rather than uh, struggling to meet the goals that I set for myself, right? And that's actually how your confidence grows. Um, this is something my dad taught me as well. You know, always set the the bar just like a little. I mean, yes, have those big dreams, right? I, I'm all for dreaming big, um, but when it comes to putting together a practical plan of action, and you know, like setting targets for things, uh, once you start getting really, I guess, like 
you know, logistical, or I don't even know if that's a word. Once you start really going into the logistics, I should say, when it comes to planning uh, and, and setting goals for yourself, just set the target a little bit lower than what you think because, th- you know, it's better for you to feel that you're crushing your goals and then sort of raise the bar than to feel like you're struggling to catch up. So, um, I don't know. That is something that has actually been really helpful for me. And it has grown my confidence to feel like I'm succeeding and surpassing my goals rather than setting goals that are so, so high. Um, I feel like I'm just not going to make it or I have to put a lot of pressure on myself to hit those goals. So sustainability, I think that's really got to be at the core of all that we're doing this year because I don't want you to crash and burn. And I also want you to feel successful. And, you know, I've spoken about celebrating the small wins. It's so, so important. Um, Even on a day-to-day basis, right, just pause and say to yourself at some point during the day, what did I do today that was a good thing for myself? Like, you know, I've, I've, I don't want to sound like a broken record here, but I have spoken at length about my boundaries when it comes to social media because I have you know, built my company largely on uh, social, specifically Instagram. And so because of that, I really do have to have boundaries set around the times of day that I go on social media, the amount of times that I check Instagram throughout the day, because I want to keep using it as a tool and enjoying it. And I don't want to feel burnt out by it. So I remind myself some days, like even just making an intentional decision to not check my social media accounts until, you know, I've been awake for two, three, four hours that is an act of self-care and that's an act of self-preservation. So if you can even just pause during the day and say like, oh, you know, I, what did I do today that made me feel good, that was an act of self-care, that was perhaps an act of self-preservation, even if it was something really small, like celebrate that win. You know, I've, I've brought up in previous episodes how much I love Ashley Longshore because she sell it. Like I've listened to so many podcast episodes with her where she just celebrates her daily wins and hams herself up every day. And I love that. I think we have to do that for ourselves. So it's, it's kind of like recognizing the things that you are doing for yourself and feeling proud of those things because you know, I, we spoke about this actually in our recent episode, my recent episode with Ingrid V. Wells, those daily habits add up and those daily habits are actually what shape your lives. So thinking, you know, how, how might you tweak your habits? How might you, you know, praise yourself? I think it's important to like praise ourselves for the things that we're doing well and try not to be too hard on ourselves when it comes to areas of growth, but also like recognizing areas of growth as well. Okay. Sustainability. It's an important thing. Okay. So (laughs) as you go about your days uh, and as you move forward in your art careers this year, just remember to go at a pace that is, you know, might even be a little bit slower than what you are, than what you're wanting. But like, just remember if you go at a slightly slower pace, it's going to be more sustainable long-term. Okay. Approaching your art career intuitively, this is something I want to talk with you about because I think it's going to be really important as this year continues to unfold, as opportunities come your way. 
I work with so many artists. <laughs> um, like I think I'm working with 15 artists in my one-on-one program right now, our group program. My group program is almost booked up. Um, I'm always working with artists. And a lot of times I am helping to guide and support artists when it comes to making decisions for their art careers. So on any given day, an artist might come to me and be like, Victoria, I was approached for this opportunity do you think it's worth it? I will always share my advice and my opinion and, you know, especially think always thinking like, okay, well, is this aligned with this artist's goals? Um, And if it is aligned, I might recommend that they pursue it. If it's not, I might recommend that they, you know, put it on the back burner or just not pursue it. But I also want you to get in the habit of looking at some of these opportunities and many of the artists that I do practice this, where they ask themselves as well as asking uh, for my opinion and, and my support, you know, does this opportunity feel aligned to my goals? What are my long-term goals? And is this opportunity something that aligns with those objectives? And if it's not, then it's probably not worth your time and energy. If it is, go for it. But never lose sight of what your long-term goals are because every decision that you make in your art career, I truly feel, should be aligned to those goals. Anything that's going to take you away from those goals, right, and take you down uh, sort of a back road, it might not be worth it. There are two ways that I typically measure, like, if something's going to be worth it for me when it comes to business. And that is often, okay, is it something that is going to bring in money, right? Because we are, you know, we're running businesses here. If you're an artist and you're selling your work, right, then you're thinking about making money from your art. That's just the reality. But if it's something that is not bringing in money, then it should be bringing in value. There are so many things that I have done for free and that I continue to do for free because it brings value to either my life or my company. Um, and usually that has to do with connections or, you know, sometimes it's things I just really love doing actually that don't have any kind of, um, like there's no money associated, but it's something like, let me think of a guest speaking event that I did, uh, you know, last year where I think I was paid, but it was like very, very small, uh, more like a stipend, but I I would have done it for free anyway. I didn't even think about the money uh, because I genuinely wanted to practice my guest speaking, uh, my in-person guest speaking s- skills. And I also knew that I would connect with a really, really amazing and powerful community of women through this opportunity. So I think it's just like, is this opportunity going to you know, is there going to be some kind of like monetary gain from it? If so, that's great. If one of your long-term goals is to monetize your art practice, um, or is this opportunity going to help me grow in some way, either personally or professionally or both? Or is it going to be, you know, something of value to me and my art career? So those are typically things that I think about when I am approached for an opportunity. And then also, especially when it comes to like collaborations, I typically think like whoever I'm collaborating with, is it a person that I really want to work with? Is it an organization that I really want to work with? Do I believe in their mission? Do I feel that their mission and what they're doing aligns with me and like what I'm doing with VAC and our mission? So it's kind of like you know, sometimes people say like, say yes to everything, but I don't 
Oh, I think, yes, keep an open mind. Absolutely. Keep an open mind. That's important. But then also like be intentional uh, with what you're pursuing and be intuitive. You know, how does it feel to you? If you're getting a strange feeling, what I have found in my experience is that typically you are getting that strange feeling for a reason. (laughs) Um, So listen to your intuition and practice it. Because what I found is that when you practice making decisions intuitively, your intuition gets stronger, right? It's like a muscle. The more you use it, the more you rely on your intuition to be your guiding compass, the stronger it gets. I swear, I feel like my intuition has always been like pretty strong, but over the last like five years, it has gotten, it has gotten so strong to the point where I have made huge decisions in life and business solely because I intuitively felt that those decisions were right. And some people thought I was like crazy because I didn't have like a long essay on why I made those decisions. I just knew, I absolutely knew to the core of my being that those were the right decisions to make. You know, really listen to yourself. And as you do that, you'll notice that it's just going to continue. Your intuition is going to continue to grow and get stronger. All right. On to the next topic. I feel like maybe this could have even been two podcast episodes, but you know what? We're going to just try and and squeeze in as much as we can because I was super pumped to record this today and just get back into the swing of things. The next bullet point that I wrote down is starting before you are ready, my friends. Uh, This is an important one. This is something I spoke... It's actually come up on the podcast a few times. I had an amazing episode with Erica B. Hess where we talked about this. If you have not listened to that episode, uh, I think it's from season one be sure to, you know, dial dial it back and tune into that one. That's one of our most downloaded episodes, actually. Starting before you are ready, this really could be its own episode. And maybe in the future, I will record a solo episode just on this topic. But what I want to say about this today is there is never a perfect time. I know that you know this. I'm sure that as you hear me say this, you might even be like nodding your head or acknowledging this because I know that you know this. But if we wait in life, right? In life, in business, if you wait until you're ready, it's too late. That is something that I've learned. It's also something that Marina Press Granger has spoken about and her words really resonated with me. I have applied this to so many things. When I started VAC, was I ready? (laughs) I don't know if I was ready, probably not, but I grew through it, right? Even just this apartment that I've moved into, um, I didn't feel that I was ready. I mean, I moved in and it was bare bones, like barely any furniture. I've been sleeping on a mattress on, on the floor, but I got in here because I intuitively felt like this was the right space for me. A lot of times I work with artists and they'll ask me, Victoria, do you think I'm ready to work with you? I don't know if I'm ready to take your program. I don't know if I'm ready to work with you in your one-to-one program, but what is ready? Like when when are we magically going to be ready for anything? We won't be, right? Like we have to decide. We have to say, Um, I'm not ready, but I'm going to take this leap of faith. And I've practiced this in so many ways. Um, Even when I opened our gallery in Red Hook, I did not feel like I was ready, but I knew it wasn't going to be perfect. So I think that this is kind of like connected. If you can let go 
of this idea that you have to wait until things are ready, I think you're also letting go of perfectionism. Um, when you let go of you know, the notion that things have to be a certain way in order for you to do that thing, it's actually really empowering. You start to accept, I think, a little bit more that um, you can start at any time. Uh, and there's no perfect time for things. Like, there's never a perfect time. And I actually apply this on a daily basis. I was, it just came from a doctor's appointment. And it's, you know, just like one of those annual appointments. And I'm sitting there in the waiting room and I'm like, ugh. I didn't really want to do this today. But then I'm like, I never actually really want to do this, but I have to, right? I have to carve out the time. There's never going to be a perfect time where I'm like, ah, oh, my calendar's open today. Like, let me go get my annual exam, <laughs> right? That doesn't exist. You have to just decide. And actually it is empowering when because you when you let go of this idea that you have to wait until you're ready for something then it kind of puts the power back on you and you remember that you are in control. Like you get to decide when you want to do something in your art career, when you want to take that step. I think that, yeah, in some circumstances, maybe there's better times than others, but there really is no such thing as like, I'm ready now or this is the perfect time for me. I think that very rarely happens. So I think releasing that is a really good thing to, to practice. What can I do with the resources I have available? This is something I just jotted down sort of like as I was, you know, typing up my notes for this episode. Let me start by saying this. Artists are the most re resourceful people I have ever met. Um, I have learned to be <laughs> a much more resourceful person than I used to be. And I think a lot of that is through my friendships with fellow artists because I swear, like artists and creatives are so resourceful. They just find things to create. They find ways to create, even when the odds feel stacked against them. And it's so inspiring. So, you know, I say this all the time, right? It's not about what you have. It's what can you do with what you have? And that you can apply that to time, right? You can apply that to materials. So sometimes I'll work with an artist and they'll be like, I just don't have the space to make the kind of work that I want to make. And it's like, okay, let's validate that because especially living here in New York City, space is really tight. So if you want to paint large scale, yeah, that might be a challenge and you're you're valid. And if you feel frustrated by that, like that's totally valid. But then to sort of a more empowering way of looking at it is what can I do? So if I can't do large scale paintings in this small space, maybe I could do like small sketches that I can save for larger works. Maybe I could ask a friend if I could borrow their studio space for a couple of days to bang out this painting. Um, maybe there's a space that I could rent for a short period of time if that's something that is feasible. Um, you know, maybe like I was working with an artist recently who didn't have much space inside her apartment, but she had an outdoor area. So we talked about, you know, utilizing her outdoor space uh, during the months that that, you know, where that could be an option. So it's just like always going back to this idea of what can you do with what you have available to you right now. Um, and this is something that I apply with when it comes to time a lot because I always feel like there's never enough hours in the day. And I always just feel like I'm kind of racing against the clock to get things done, which is something I'm really working on letting go of. 
and remembering that there is an abundance of time and everything will get done when it is meant to get done. That's something I'm really embracing in my life right now. So like if I only have a couple hours, but I have a long to-do list, I'll just prioritize it and I'll say to myself, okay, like I can't get all of this done, but what can I do? And then maybe I choose like two tasks from that list that I can get done in that period of time. And that feels good. So there's always two ways to look at any situation and remember that you have a choice in terms of how you are viewing your circumstances, right? You have a choice of how you actually are looking at that situation. And I am trying to always choose uh, the perspective that is more empowering and that just feels better. And the last thing I wrote is where can I go for support? Where can I go for support? I think that we can only get stronger when we surround ourselves with like-minded fellow creatives. Community has been such an important thing for me, both experiencing the loss of a community, like many of us do when we graduate from art school, which for me was about, gosh, what, 12 years, coming up 12 years ago, I graduated from my undergraduate program. And I felt very alone and isolated after graduation. Um, I've spoken about that in previous episodes as well. And so sort of like rebuilding my community over the last decade, growing my community through VAC has been for sure the, the best part of the work that I'm doing. And just remember that as you continue to work towards your goals this year and create your best work, um, it's really essential that you, you, I don't want to say find time, that you create time, that you actively carve out time to connect with fellow creatives. And that could be uh, an in-person community. It could be an online community. It could be both. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that coming up soon because I am launching an online community membership for Visionary Art Collective, which I'm so excited about. Details to come, but just remember you have a supportive network, so just dial into it. And if you don't feel like you have a supportive network, you know, really do your best to find one. You can look in your local area, you know, your, your community, your neighborhood, your town, your city, uh, to see what resources are available in terms of like connecting and meeting up with fellow artists. Just see what's available to you because it's only going to help your work to get stronger. It's only going to help you to feel more connected and supported when you engage in meaningful conversations with fellow creatives, because guess what? They get it, right? Like other artists get it. They understand the dreams that you have. They understand the struggles that you have. They understand, um, what it's like in this life to pursue a career as an artist. Um, and I think it's really important that we stick together and that we support each other. So I know that's a lot of information, <laughs> uh, but I hope it's helpful. I just, you know, wanted to share what's on my mind. And I think these are good things to be thinking about, but I, I hope it was valuable for you. I want nothing but the best for you this year. I'm wishing you all, you know, an abundant year, a year of growth and new opportunities and positive energy, good vibes only. I know you're all going to crush it. I'm already proud of each and every person, each and every artist, creative listening to this episode, because I know that you're going to be absolutely amazing. So thank you for tuning in and I'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in and supporting our platform. 
To learn more about New Visionary Magazine, head over to visionaryartcollective.com slash magazine. You can order individual copies on Amazon or subscribe annually to digital issues. We also have opportunities to get featured in the magazine, so be sure to join our newsletter and follow us on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes or tag us on Instagram. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.